Welcome to the AEM Education and Training Podcast from the Society of Academic Emergency Medicine and the AEM Education and Training Journal. I'm your host, Dr. Kita Pensa, and this is what we've got for you today. Didactics play a key role in medical education, but there is no standardized didactic evaluation tool to assess quality and promote feedback to instructors. So today we are talking about a new paper in AEM Education and Training called Development of a Lecture Evaluation Tool Rooted in Cognitive Load Theory, a Modified Delphi Study. Lead author Dr. Jamie Jordan is here to discuss it with us. Dr. Jordan completed an Education Scholarship Fellowship at Harbor UCLA and is currently the Associate Program Director for the Emergency Medicine Residency at UCLA and Vice Chair of the Acute Care College at the David Geffen School of Medicine. She is active in research, and her interests include barriers educators face in performing scholarship, graduate and undergraduate medical education, curriculum design, and faculty development. Don't forget to read the full text of this article, available open access for a limited time from the publisher. Dr. Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so uh, although there's been a move towards active learning in medical education, uh, the didactic lecture isn't really going anywhere. Uh, And certainly folks of my generation were almost completely educated with didactics. There was none of this active learning baloney. So, Mine um, too. Yeah. So you note in your introduction that uh, the ACGME requires the evaluation of continuing medical education activities for effectiveness, but does not provide specifics about the optimal approach and that teaching excellence is also used as criteria for promotion. Uh, and yet there currently is no standardized tool available for widespread use in medical education for assessing that. So tell us first about uh, the state of how didactics are currently evaluated, and then we're going to move into some of the background for your specific study. Yeah, so it seems like didactics these days are really just evaluated on an individual institutional basis. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing. So folks may compare and share their evaluation tools and and maybe they'll assess some common aspects like things like expertise of the speaker or slide design or timing, meeting of the objectives, things like that. But it really is sort of a dealer's choice type of situation. Okay. So as the title of your paper suggests, uh, you sought to develop a lecture evaluation tool rooted in cognitive load theory. So now we have to talk about cognitive load theory for the uninitiated. So first, why did you choose this theory as a construct for developing this evaluation tool and what precedent is there for this? Yeah, so cognitive load theory really explores the relationship between working memory, which can only hold um, a a relatively small, finite amount of information temporarily, and then Mm -hmm. long-term memory, which can hold a relatively unlimited amount of information for an indefinite period of time. And we know that learning and memory are are related, and, and one of the goals of learning is to consolidate newly acquired skills and knowledge into long-term memory so that it can be recalled and applied when needed and, and then used to make connections between what has been previously learned and new information to you know, further enhance learning. Hmm. 
And there is some limited data that suggests optimizing cognitive load can positively influence learning outcomes. So based on this and combined with the, the large volume and complexity of information to be learned in medical education, we just thought that cognitive load theory would be a particularly relevant framework to apply in our development of an evaluation tool. Um, and there have been other tools created to measure cognitive load, mostly in different settings. Uh, but our group actually did do a different study to gather validity evidence for use of one of these. We modified it a bit, but one of these instruments in uh, graduate medical education virtual didactics. But despite finding actually pretty good validity evidence, we felt that having an evaluation tool that actually assesses quality of didactics based on cognitive load theory, rather than a tool that purely just measures cognitive load, would be more practically useful for educators who may not be as intimately familiar with cognitive load theory. And so that's why we kind of undertook this particular study. You note that three types of cognitive load impact the transfer of information from this working to long-term memory, uh, including intrinsic, extrinsic, and germane load. This was totally new to me. So um, can we go through these? Yes, let's go through them. Okay. <laughs> so let's start <laughs> right. with intrinsic. So intrinsic cognitive load refers to the, the inherent difficulty of understanding um, a given, given topic. Okay. So although instructors may not be able to control the difficulty of content, they can minimize this load by aligning content difficulty with learner level and experience, um, activating prior learner knowledge, limiting the volume of material to be presented in a given time frame, mm -hmm. and sequencing the material from something simple to more complex. And this can facilitate understanding and reduce intrinsic load. Okay, so now extrinsic load. So extrinsic cognitive load really refers to the resources devoted to the processing of that information that's presented and is influenced by the setting in which the, uh, the learning takes place and how the educator chooses to deliver the information. So educators can reduce this type of cognitive load by minimizing distractions in the environment. So think things like silencing overhead announcements and having learners turn off cell phones and pagers. Um, they can also ensure mm -hmm. optimal room setup and AV support, depending on like what type of session is planned, focusing content only on like learning objectives. So uh, eliminating those vacation photos that sometimes sneak into presentations. Um, <laughs> and then usually vi using visual aids that emphasize images rather than, than text. Okay. And now Jermaine. Yeah, and so then finally that brings us to germane load and germane cognitive load refers to the resources required to process and consolidate newly acquired information from working memory into long term memory. And this is what's truly required for learning so educators should really focus on minimizing the other types the intrinsic and extrinsic load and really promoting and giving most of the working memory capacity to germane load. And we can support and promote germane load by grouping information in meaningful ways, utilizing schema to present information, and incorporating things like concept mapping. All right. So now let's talk about your actual study design and your methods. Um, like, what were you hoping to accomplish? And, and tell us about the Delphi panel and how you proceeded with that. 
Yeah, so our goal, um, kind of like our, our title suggests, we really wanted to develop an evaluation tool to assess the quality of didactic lectures in graduate medical education. And we wanted that tool to be rooted in cognitive load theory. So in order to accomplish this, we performed a literature review and came up with a draft of items and then convened a Delphi panel of nine expert emergency medicine educators of varying career stage from all over the United States all of whom had published research incorporating cognitive load theory. Mm -hmm. And what we did then was put those initial items through a series of Delphi rounds using an electronic survey platform. And we invited panelists to rate each item in the tool and provide any suggested edits and comments. We also invited panelists to add additional items if they thought that they were necessary and would add to the tool. And, and we did that in each of those rounds. And in between rounds, we made modifications to the tool based on item scoring and comments of our expert panelists. And that might include addition of items, elimination of items, or modification to the text of items. Then you completed three Delphi rounds with 100% response rate. And uh, after some changes, everyone achieved consensus on the final tool. So can you describe for us some of the components of the rubric that you wound up with? Yeah, so in the end, we ended up with a rubric that contains nine items um, addressing the core domains of content, presentation and delivery, instructional techniques, and, and overall quality. And so this encompassed things like relevance of contents to the learners, level of content difficulty, mm -hmm. um, volume of material covered, slide and audit visual design, speaker verbal presentation, organization, activation of prior learner knowledge, facilitation of learning, and then an overall quality. Mm -hmm. So what do you see as the potential benefits and ways to apply this tool? So what we're really hoping is that this tool can be practically used right now by anyone uh, to assess quality of didactic presentation and also to provide useful and meaningful feedback to instructors that's rooted in learning theory. Um, and we hope that then that would improve the, the quality of future instruction. Um, we also thought that instructors might look at this rubric in advance and proactively use it to inform their preparation and design of their didactic session oh. that, again, is aligned with cognitive load theory. Yeah, so kind of starting from the beginning and working forward. Oh, yeah, I like that idea of reverse engineering the rubric. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we do think, you know, if this tool is implemented broadly, then potentially it might add more consistency and quality and evaluation to enhance educational programs across institutions. Fantastic. Uh, so, okay, what comes next? Yeah, so um, as proud as we are of the study, it really is just the first step. So while we've demonstrated initial content validity evidence for this tool, we really need to spend some time gathering additional validity evidence and assessing how it's going to perform in practice. So looking to see if implementation of this tool actually does lead to changes in speaker behavior and higher quality of didactic sessions like we hope. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming to talk to us about uh, this paper and this tool. Um, and we're definitely looking forward to using it in application in the future. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to this month's AEM Early Access. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes at AEM Early Access, all one word. Don't forget to read the full text of this article available open access 
from the Academic Emergency Medicine Journal for a limited time. Today's music is by Scott Holmes. I'm Gita Pensa, and we'll see you next time.